0: Uh, well, Merry Christmas, church. I love this. I love this time of year. And uh, you guys look great, by the way. So just the joy and the excitement of Christmas. And you can feel God's presence already here this morning. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. This, what has been your best Christmas yet? What has been your best Christmas yet? right? Maybe, maybe it was when you were a kid and you got a Red rider BB gun, right? You know, it's like, that was the ultimate, right? Or maybe, maybe you got a bike, you know, and you were so excited about that. Or maybe it's recent, you got an American Girl doll, I don't know. But, you know, it was something there. Or maybe, maybe it was just with family and friends. Or maybe growing up, and you would go to your grandparents' house and you could just remember it. It's like, oh, yes. And the, the smells and just being there. Or, or, or maybe, maybe it's being with your grandkids now. And there's just something special about that. you like, wow. Maybe it's your first married Christmas or your first Christmas with a child. But maybe it's a Christmas that it was just you and God showed up. It was just something about it. But what's been your best Christmas yet? Because we still have Christmas to come. And I pray this coming Christmas will be your best yet. Here at Rolling Hills, we've been in a great series called Christmas, The Power of Perspective. And I love this series, and if you've missed any of the series, you can go back and watch online, or you can get the Rolling Hills app, and it's a great way to have devotionals. It's a great way to keep up with your personal walk with the Lord. But I want to encourage you, because in in this series, we've been talking about how the nativity, when you set up a nativity scene at your house, there's just a few people there, right? There's Mary and Joseph, there's the shepherds, there's the magi, but there were a lot of people who missed it. You know, there were people like King Herod, who was the king at the time, and he's only seven miles away from Bethlehem to Jerusalem, and he's up in a palace looking down, but he didn't want to go to Jesus because he didn't want to risk his position in the world and his prominence and his wealth, and yet he lost it all, but he missed it. Or there were people like the religious leaders who were kind of steeped in their legalism, and judgmentalism and they missed the radical grace of God. Or there were people like the innkeeper who was making bank because, you know, hey, everybody's in town and, and the economy and everything was booming. And he didn't have time to go and experience it. But, but there were a few people who got it. And we want to be those people who get it. We want to be able to see what God's doing in the world. I love Matthew 1 and it tells us this in Matthew 1:22 and 23. It says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Think about that. The defining moment, right, in history, right? Split split history in two, B.C. and A.D. All because God, the God who is sovereign over all, the God who put the stars in the sky, God comes down to us at Christmas. And we don't want to miss him. (laughs) We want to experience the Christ of Christmas and embrace all God has for us. Because that means it'll be our best Christmas ever. If you have a Bible with you this morning, I invite you up with me to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible and you want one, we have some free Bibles. We'd love to give you a Bible today. There's a couple of poles in the back, and there's some shelves by those poles. And we're going to put some Bibles out there. Just grab a Bible, it's yours. And and we'd love for you to have that with you, but we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter two. Uh, also, if you have a mobile device, you can access the scripture at U Version, or we'll put the scripture on the screen. But we want to unpack the, what happened that first Christmas, that that first Christmas morning. What happened then? Now, Luke, the gospel writer, was a physician. He was a doctor. He's very precise in all of his details, historically accurate. And he says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quinarius was governor of Syria and everyone went to his own town to register. So you know from studying history, right? You may remember this, but 62 BC, Pompey, the Roman officer comes through and conquers this area. Jerusalem, Judea, modern day Israel today. All that was under Roman rule. Like basically all the world was at this time. And so Caesar Augustus issues this decree. Everybody's got to go to their own town to sign up for this census. And that was to pay taxes or to be in the military. Now, Caesar Augustus doesn't care about pregnant women. He doesn't care about the elderly. He just wants his money, right? So, Joseph also went up for the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. It's about 90 to 120 miles or so from Nazareth to Bethlehem. But Joseph was in the royal line. If you go back the Old Testament, David, the king, God said there will always be one from your line that will be on the throne. So the royal line, the bloodline that we see here, Joseph's in that line, so is Mary. It says in verse 5, he went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn a son and she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. They go to the inn. The inn's full. All these people are in town in Bethlehem. You know, it's just like crowded. It's busy. And so they find themselves in a stable. In a manger. Out there with the livestock. They're like, really? But there were shepherds living out in their fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Now, I love that because, you see, angels are warriors, okay? A lot of times we picture angels and we have this misconception that they're babies in a diaper playing a harp. I mean, come on, that's not an angel. Angels are warriors, man. I mean, they're like big and, and, and so they're terrified. And I love that angels always say, do not be afraid. Maybe you're here today and, and you just need to hear that. Maybe you walked in today and there's fear. Maybe there's worry. There's anxiety. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's relational. I don't know. But, but maybe God just needs to say to you today, do not be afraid. I got this. I'm sovereign. I'm in control. I'm with you. I'm for you. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. And notice these two words, to you. Personal. The gospel is personal for you. And he is Christ. Christ literally means Messiah. He is the Messiah. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God of the highest. It's all you, God. You are sovereign. You're in control. Thank you, God, for busting into our world and into our mess, our brokenness. And on earth, peace. Peace to men on whom his favor rests. Do you need peace today? You need peace, your soul, and your spirit. That's what Christmas is about. (laughs) When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen and they spread word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But look at verse 19. We're gonna kind of camp out here today. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I want you to think about Mary this morning. I want you to think just for a minute about her. Because here she is. She's living off in Nazareth. And and things are good. They're fine. You know, she's engaged to Joe. And and then an angel appears in Luke chapter 1 and says, Hey, Mary, you are blessed among all women. From you will come the Messiah. And she's like, What? You know, no way. I mean, everybody's been waiting for the Messiah. I mean, all the Jews are waiting for the Messiah. All the prophecies in the Old Testament, over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament written hundreds of years before Jesus, and all are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And there was this kind of idea that permeated the world at that time that somebody would rise up who would be greater than the Romans. They just didn't realize that he was going to be a spiritual savior that would save the world from their sins. But here's Mary thinking, oh man, it's me. I won the lottery. I can't believe it. I can't, I'm going to be the mom, right, of, of the son of God. And then the prophecy comes, right, and Caesar Augustus issues this decree and she's got to go all the way to Bethlehem being nine months pregnant. Imagine traveling that far on the back of a donkey, Wow, you know, but she's like, okay, we're going to do it because I know Bethlehem is where the baby's going to be born. I know we've got to go. God, this is right. Just like you said, you know, this is, makes sense. The house of David, we're going. And then she starts to get to Bethlehem and she's looking around going, wait. There's no fanfare, right? I mean, I figured I'd be coming in and people would be like, hey, here she comes. The mom of the Messiah. And There's nothing. And then she thought probably we were going to have the baby in a palace, the son of God, you know. And they're knocking on doors and the ends are full. And she finds herself in a stable with livestock. And don't you know Mary's like, God, did I miss it? God, are you sure? I I don't know. And all of a sudden, these shepherds come busting in, right? Where is he? Where is he? Where is the one, the Messiah? And they're like, what, what? Mary and Joseph are looking at each other and they're like, we saw this angel. They're like, tell us about the angel. They start describing the angel and Mary, I just imagine, looks down at Jesus and just looks up to God and says, thank you. I needed that. And I'm just gonna hold that right here in my heart. And when times get tough, God, I know you're with me. I know you're for me. You know what? There was one Christmas I almost missed Jesus. Jesus. I did. I, I got to be honest with you. 13 years ago, we had had our first child in April. And so now here we are and it's Christmas with a child. And Christmas with a child, it's a whole different ballgame, right? I mean, before you're single, it was easier when you're married and you didn't have kids. It was easy. Now all of a sudden you have a child and you got like, it's pressured, right? I mean, you wanted this to be a great Christmas. And, and so we're like planning and I'm working. I'm trying to think about gifts and in-laws and schedules and getting everything ready. And it was just so busy and hectic that I kind of missed Jesus in the whole season. And then the morning of Christmas came and, and we were headed to Kentucky to be with Lisa's family and and, and we were so excited. It was our first Christmas to go be with family and having a baby and, and, and so we start off and we're we're driving and you know it took us forever to pack to get out because you got car seats and strollers and you got diaper bags and you got passy and then you need backup passy and could you lose passy because you can't lose passy, you know. I mean you're like we had all this stuff and we're driving along 65 and, and all of a sudden it starts to snow. I'm thinking it's a white like Christmas, like today. I mean, it's like, this is my perfect, you know, and it's it's great. But then, as we turned on I 24, then it turns into ice. And now I'm getting a little nervous. Because driving with a baby, it's a whole different ballgame, right? And I'm over in the far right lane, you know, my white knuckles, and I'm looking in the rearview mirror and I'm looking back and I'm thinking, get around me, go around me, you know. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, traffic's slowing down and conditions are getting worse. And we've been driving for a long time. We're not making very much progress. And now all of a sudden cars are off in the ditch. And I looked at Lisa and I'm like, I don't know if we're going to make it. And she kind of looks back at me and, you know, there's a little tear in her eye. And I'm like, we'll, we'll keep trying. You know, we're going to do it. We're going to even, we keep going. i keep looking back and I'm thinking I'm responsible now. Like, hey, you know, if it was just me, no big deal. I'd go, but, but I, I can. And finally I look at Lisa. I'm like, Lisa, we're not going to make it. We've got to turn around, and she's like, I know, you're right, and so, so we turn around on I-24, and we start coming back, and, and we get back, and we're back into cool springs now, and, and guys, we've been driving for five hours now, and, and now it's Christmas time, and, and we're hungry, and, and I want to just kind of give you a heads up, nothing is open on Christmas day, okay, so. You got plenty of time to go to the store and get whatever, but, but I'm just telling you, we're driving around Cool Springs and we're looking for a place to eat and nothing is open. And like I'm hungry now, okay? Five hours in the car, fighting this ice. And the only thing that we can find that's open is Jack in the Box, okay? So we pull up to Jack in the Box and, and like we're going to eat. And now I'm just mad. I'm just, I'm just mad. I'm like, God, Really? I'm at Jack in the Box. It's Christmas Day, you know. And I start getting up to order my ultimate cheeseburger and, you know, my fries and my drink. And all I can think about is Lisa's family in Kentucky. And they're having turkey and dressing and ham and my favorite vegetable, macaroni and cheese. right? <laughs> it's, like, it's on the menu at Cracker Barrel as a vegetable. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, it's like they're having green bean casserole with the little onion things on top. I mean, they're having buttered rolls that are hot. They're, you know, they're having Lisa's mom homemade cherry pie. And I'm just like, I'm in jack in the box. Really? And we sit down and I'm frustrated. I can't believe this, this is our first Christmas together. And, and then God showed up. God showed up in a jack-in-a-box right over there in Cool Springs because we started to pray for our meal. And I reached out and I grabbed the hand of my wife and I held the hand of our precious baby. And I started to pray and I just started praying, God, thank you. Thank you, God, that we're safe. That we're not in a ditch. And I'm trying to keep my baby warm. And thank you, God, that we have food to eat. where There's a lot of people in the world who don't have anything. God, thank you for my wife, whom I love. Thank you for our little girl. God, thank you. And I just remember looking up and smiling and laughing and just saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, what was amazing is that became one of our best Christmases. We went home that day and it was just us, the three of us, and we laughed and we played. It was just a powerful time. It taught us to, on the Christmases going forward, to be thankful to cherish those moments, to embrace that time, to really look for Christ, to read the Christmas story. It taught us to, to be generous. The next year, we put on Santa hats. And we went back to that jack-in-the-box. and We took gifts to all the people who worked because they were working on Christmas Day. And we started singing, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And everybody in the restaurant joined in singing. And they came out from behind the line. It was just this awesome time. And I just thought I almost missed him. Now, I don't know where you are today, you know. Maybe you're here and everything's just going great, or maybe it's been a challenge, but I want to tell you, look up. <laughs> there is a God who has come to be with you. Emmanuel, God with us. God with you. And here's what happens. Here's what happens. See, when Jesus shows up, everything changes. When Jesus shows up, everything changes. L- listen, listen, listen. Our world changes. Our world changes. For Mary, her world totally changed, didn't it? Everything became about Jesus. Here she is, the mom. But I think she treasured that moment in her heart. She never forgot his son of God. And for you, there comes a time as God draws you to himself that you say, hey, I don't want Jesus just to be born 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. I want Jesus to come alive in my life. I want to experience that new birth in him. And your world changes. Your priorities change. And what's important changes. Listen, your worth changes. Your worth changes. For Mary, she was in obscurity right there in Nazareth. She got to live and die. Nobody didn't even know. Now there's more little girls named Mary than any other name in the world because I'm your servant. And there was something about that following God. Your worth changes when Christ comes alive in you. You are a son or a daughter of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God is with you. God is for you. And you can hold your head high. And you can live in the confidence that God will never let you go. Listen, our forever changes. When Jesus comes in, our forever changes. This life is not all that there is. There is more to come. We will be reunited with our loved ones one day. We will see them because Christ came and Christ has given us the opportunity to be with God forever. And our perspective, our perspective changes. I pray your perspective changes. I pray Christmas isn't just about the hustle and the bustle and the buying and the gifts and all the cards and the parties and the food. I pray that your perspective as you just look at the face of Christ, say thank you. Thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your love. I love C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis, he talks about this. Without Jesus, it would be always winter, but never Christmas. And think about that. In our world and in our life, it would always be winter. In the darkness, and the fear, and the worry, and the death, but never Christmas. But with Jesus, Christmas has come. With Jesus, life is here. Oh, I love that. And that's why Christmas, Jesus is God's gift for you at Christmas. Jesus is God's gift for you at Christmas. And the greatest gift of the world has been given for you. That God came down so he would give you eternal life and hope. You know, John 3:16, one of the most popular verses in all the world. It, it says, for God so loved. God didn't come in judgment and condemnation. God came in love and grace. And maybe you grew up in a church where it was like fire and brimstone all the time. And you know, you're just like, oh, God's always mad at me. No, 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 no. God loves you. Our God is a God of love. Our God is a God of grace. For God so loved the world. And you know what? You could put your name right there. For God so loved you, Steve. For God loves you, Jonathan. God loves you, Meredith. For God so loved you that he did what? He gave. And I believe we're most like God when we give. You know, tomorrow morning, we're going to be so excited about Christmas. And, but let's be honest. Most of us, we're so excited because we get to give. We can't wait till our kids open this gift or till our spouse opens this gift or till our grandkids open this gift or till the people around us. We're like, I got this perfect gift. Where does that come from? God. We were made in the image of God. and We're most like God when we give. And God gave to us the most perfect gift. When we were dead in our sins and our transgressions, we couldn't do anything about it. We were dead. Holy God, sinful man. We were separated from God. But God sent His Son who died for us. For God so loved the world that He gave His one only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. And God has come for you. You know, one day, one day we're all going to stand before God. Every one of us, right? And God's going to ask us two questions. Here's the first question God's going to ask you. What did you do with my son Jesus Christ? And every one of us is going to have to give an answer. What, what did we do? Did we just go? Okay, well it's Christmas. I'm going to fast forward. I'm going to go on the next day. I got you know, uh, or did Christ become the Lord of my life? And did my life change because of that? Is my life different because of that? And the second question he's going to say is, what did you do with what you were given? You and I have a responsibility now. What did you do with what you were given? Were you generous? Did you invest in others? Did you love like God loved? Did you forgive? Not hold grudges or be bitter, but to be kind, to be gracious. See, this Christmas, this Christmas, this Christmas, will you have the perspective to see? Will you have the perspective to see Jesus? I want to tell you, there's a lot of people around the world, right? And Christmas is just another day. Well, there's a lot of people around the world and they're so caught up in the things that have to happen. But this Christmas, will you see Jesus? Because if you do, here's what's going to happen: you're going to have not worry, but joy. I'm telling you, you can be sitting in the middle of a jack in the box and have joy. Because Christ has come. And look what God's done in your life. Joy is a choice. You choose to be joyful or not. You know what else? Hey, if you have that perspective, not tension but love. It, it's easy, you know, when the, everybody's around and lots of people and there's, there's, sometimes there's tension, but, but because of the grace of God, we can have love. We can love others the way God loves us. We can forgive the way God's forgiven us. And then this one, not circumstances, but Jesus. See, I don't really believe in circumstances. When you're in Christ, I believe in God in you know, that God begins to orchestrate things in your life. That's what Romans 8:28 says. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And you can begin to look at situations in life and say, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me? What do you want to do in me? How do you want me to be as your son or as your daughter? See, I, I pray this. <laughs> I pray that this will be your best Christmas ever. I pray that this Christmas will be your best Christmas ever. Because God is here. And when God shows up, all of a sudden everything changes. So today, would you receive the gift of Christ? And then will you live in His grace? Maybe this morning, right where you are, God, God's speaking to you. It's not an accident that you're here today. You may be visiting family or friends. We may have wrapped your gift at the mall. Praise God, yeah. But, but But you are here because God invited you. And God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And God wants you to know that more than anything else. And God has put you where you are. And God's not finished with you. There's still breath in your lungs for a reason, for a purpose. And I believe your best days are still ahead. But the defining moment comes down to what you do with Jesus. It's the 18 inches... As it moves from your head, the knowledge, to your heart, the relationship. Not just the story that happened long ago, historical, fact. But what God's doing in you. And then the way you're living that out for His name and for His glory. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today. But I want to invite you to Jesus. And maybe this morning is a time that you just say, God, I confess. I've sinned. I've messed up. I've blown it. I need you. I need hope. I need peace in my life. Maybe this is a morning where you just say, I've been afraid. And today I'm hearing you say, I don't have to live with fear or worry or anxiety. Maybe today you just say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Or maybe you look around and you say, Thank you. Thank you for family. Thank you for friends. Thank you that I'm safe. Thank you that I have food to eat today. God, I recognize that everything comes from you. Thank you for Christmas. Oh, Father God, into this world, into this darkness, you came. And you broke in. You broke into our mess, our brokenness, our hurt, our pain to give us life and joy and peace. And so this morning, God, I pray that wherever we find ourselves, that we can just look up and say thank you. Thank you for Jesus and the hope that we have in Christ. I pray today that that our hearts will be full And love would overflow out of us. Onto the people around us. They would see something different in us. They would see us as people of love and grace and generosity because that's who you are. So thank you for Christmas. And thank you for Jesus. In whose name we pray. Amen. Amen.